Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here again with Mike Meredith. Mike, it is our 50th episode here tonight. Um, you know, we've uh, we've seen a little bit of growth. We'd like to see a lot more. But uh, Mike, how are you doing this evening, man? Doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, weekend's coming up. It's going to be a good time. It'll be some good games. Baseball's coming back soon. Yeah, that is for sure. We got uh, 12 games tonight in the NHL. Um, and then obviously a week from tomorrow is the NHL trade deadline. And uh, we got some NHL trade stuff to talk about. But first, we're going to get into some power rankings. Let's get the NBA power rankings going, Mike. Yes, sir. So, you know, uh, trying to be a little bit consistent with these power rankings. Uh, this latest one was dropped on February 27th, so uh, should be uh, pretty up-to-date here. But yeah, let's get into it. So, of course, format, uh, staying with just the top 10 teams. Uh, the Pistons actually might not be at the bottom. I didn't check, but uh, them and the Wizards now have the same record, so the Wizards might even be in last now. So might be the first time the Pistons aren't the worst team in basketball, which is Probably something I haven't been able to say all year. Uh, yeah, number 10, the New York Knicks. Uh, they were 10 last week. Uh, six on offense, ninth on defense. Uh, crazy to think that they're number 10 in their top 10 in both offense and defense. So definitely feel like they should be higher. Uh, I was actually just watching the Knicks-Warriors game uh, tonight while we were recording this episode. So if they can pull that off, they started off – Really bad in that game, but they can come back. That'll be a nice win for them. Um, I really like their team. You know, they're missing out on a few players right now to injury. OG Anobi and Julius Randle have both um, been out with injury, so that's tough. So I feel like they haven't been doing as good, but again, their team's kind of banged up right now. So uh, definitely we'll have to see how they do moving forward. Number nine is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so shows fifth on offensive rating, and I think they messed the article up because it shows their defensive rating ranking is 115.5, which, uh, you know, of course, that's that's their actual defensive rating. So I think they're, like, middle of the pack, maybe a little bit below average defensively. Uh, still, still tough to trust Milwaukee right now, especially with the head coaching changes that they've had. Um, but they are uh, eleven and one. Well, it was eleven straight wins against bottom five teams, so they're beating the shit out of crappy teams, and uh, they still are a solid playoff team. I think nine is is fine. Um, number eight is the Phoenix Suns. Last week they were also number eight, uh, eighth on offense, fourteenth on defense. Um, they have so. The Suns are the example of, uh, of playing well at home. They've won eight straight home games, but they've lost seven, their last seven road games. So they uh, definitely are a home uh, court advantage team. They uh, have the stars to make a deep playoff push. I think eight is fine. They haven't really been that dominant. Either way, still top 10 in offense, but defense definitely needs to pick it up. Number seven, and last week they were also number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. 11th on offense, 20th on defense. 
crazy to think their ratings are that low for how well this team seems to be, man. They, uh, Luka is one of the best players in basketball. Kyrie Irving's been great. Uh, they got a really good team. They made some good moves at the trade deadline. I think that they have a uh, good potential to make a deep playoff run if somehow the uh, the matchups go in their favor here. I think number seven's fine, even though their offensive and defensive ratings are more towards the bottom of the pack of this top ten. Number six, moving down from number four last week, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are 15th on offense, second on defense, though. Um, yeah, they were on fire before the All-Star break. Um, they had won like 18 of their last 20 games, but uh, Donovan Mitchell's been out since uh, the All-Star break. He's missed a few games. I think he came back recently, but he was out for at least two or three games. Uh, they haven't been as strong uh, the since the All-Star break, but they still got such a great team, man. A lot of good young players. They could definitely make a, a good playoff push. Uh, and They're definitely going to make the playoffs here. I think number six is fine for them. Number five is the Denver Nuggets. They were uh, sixth last week. 12th on offense, 11th on defense. Again, just their offense and defensive ratings don't look too promising, but they got Jokic, bro. Jokic, best player in basketball. He's been putting up some crazy stat lines. Uh, Jamal Murray uh, has finally been uh, clicking back as well. Uh, they were they were fourth in the uh, Western Conference after the uh, All Star break, so they have been uh, you know pretty solid. Like fourth seed could definitely do a little bit better, but. They are still uh, one of the most feared teams. I definitely think they should be in the top five here. Number four is the LA Clippers. They were number three last week, fourth on offense, 13th on defense. Yeah, the Clippers are just great. Uh, the night before recording this, they gave up a huge lead, though, to the, to the uh, Lakers and lost. So that, that definitely hurts, but they still got a great team. Uh Kawhi is playing great. Paul George is playing great. Uh, Russ and Harden as well, playing great as well. Next, at number three, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder, third on offense, fourth on defense. Uh, they, they're crazy, man. Uh, I might even – I know that uh, the team above them is ahead of them right now in the standings, but I do think that Oklahoma City is going to finish with the one seed out west. They've just been so good. I love their team. I've been saying that all year. They have such a good team. I mean, look at that. Third and fourth on the offense and defensive ratings. They play on both sides of the ball um, compared to how the league is nowadays. Even though defense is non-existent, the defense that is played, they are one of the better teams and on offense as well. Just got such a great group of players, a lot of young talent. Uh, I do feel nervous a little bit for them in the playoffs just because they haven't been there. This is like going to be their first year as a group going to the playoffs, and uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, I'm saying it right now. If they get the number one seed, I think that Shea Gilgis Alexander wins league MVP. He is in- insane. He is such a good player on both sides of the ball. He, um, he can score 30 uh, any given night. He's getting two to three steals every night. Uh, guarding one of the 
premier guys out on the winger at the point guard position every night. He does it all, man. Yeah, and you, you know who the, the Thunder kind of remind me of for comparison is the Houston mm. the Houston Texans. They're a yeah, really young team that has a lot of talent, and no one expected to be this good this soon. You, you compare them to the Texans this year, man. They are really, really, really good. A really young team. Nobody expected them to be this good this soon. And, man, they are playing some really good basketball. And I completely agree. I think they will end up with that number one seed in the West as well because they are just yeah. rolling on both sides. I mean, offensively and defensively, you know, we crack jokes. But the little defense that is played, they're really, really good at it. So, um yeah, they just uh, they are they are really surprising everyone this year. I think. Yeah, they are. Um, like I said, they they haven't even made the playoffs as a uh, as this group has not made the playoffs. Um, so to be the number one seed after not making the playoffs last year, that's incredible. Another team, though, number two. I, I do think that the Thunder will finish ahead of them, but they they are currently the number one seed is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were number two. So they're 17th on offense, so they're kind of below average compared to the rest of the league on offense, but they got the number one defense. That's what's, that's what's uh, bringing them up uh, in how they're winning games. They're 40-17. and 17. Um, I, I do really like their team. Anthony Edwards is, is great, and he's getting some uh, a lot of recognition. Same with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Rudy Gobert is front runner right now to win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, yeah, you're the best defender on the number one team and uh, number one defensive team in basketball. So definitely uh, can see that right there. Um, he'll be a four time winner if uh, if he wins this year as well. Uh, yeah, the Timberwolves. Well, they've just been winning games. Nothing, nothing really to say. They've just been. Uh, one of the most consistent teams this year, and another one that's just been super surprising. I think they will finish with the second seed. I think like I said, I think the Thunder will jump them at the end of the season, but um, I still think that they get a really good team. But again, like the Thunder, they don't really have much playoff experience at all. They made the playoffs. Uh, I don't even know if they made the playoffs last year. I think they did a few years ago as like a lower seed, but the team was definitely a little bit different then. We'll have to see how they how they do, but yeah, they're super solid. Definitely deserve a, at least a top three spot. I feel. Yeah, and I mean yeah. their their ability to shut down even like the top offenses in the league uh, over the recent month and a half, especially man, they have been really really good at that um, limiting uh, some good chances from these top offenses. So I think. Their defense is definitely carrying them, considering you know their offensive rankings. What seventeenth? I think you said. Yeah, seventeenth uh, among the thirty. Their their, teams, de- yeah. their defense is really carrying them, and mm-hmm. I mean rightfully so. But yeah, I do think I, I think they'll probably fall down to that two seed in the West. I think Oklahoma o- OKC is just coming straight for them, man. Yes, sir. And I think they're only like a game back. Like in this, they're showing they had the same record at forty and seventeen. I think. Minnesota might have like a, a, a game or maybe half a game. So that's super tight, uh, super close. But number one, and they've been number one on like all these power rankings, maybe aside from one, the Boston Celtics. They're 45 and 12. They're by far the best team uh, record wise. And now at the number one offense, number three defense, I mean, 
Yeah, they've just been dominant. I mean, if there was any team to call dominant, it's, it's them this year. They have been winning every game, it seems like. I feel like they've been at 12 losses for a minute now. I feel like they're, they've been on a big winning streak. Um, yeah, they've won eight straight games. So uh, eight straight uh, game winning streak. They have a five-game lead above second place in uh, in their conference in the Eastern Conference, and their winning percentage right now is the best mark in the last six seasons since uh, the 2018 Rockets went 65-17. and 17. So, yeah, they, they could finish something similar to that. The only thing is, though, Boston has kind of been prone to maybe choking in the playoffs. I mean, they lost to Miami, and right now it looks like Miami uh, could be the four seed again, and if that's the case, if Miami wins their first-round matchup, they would play Boston in round two and Miami. I know they're not top 10 right now, but they always are as good in the regular season, but come playoff time, they're one of the most scariest teams. They just always seem to click. So Boston, man, if you guys win like 65 games and then lose to the heat again, bro, some, something might have to change, man. A coaching change, Someone might have to get moved because, I mean, they got the talent. They, they, they're they winning games, but we'll have to see, man. They definitely are the favorite right now. It's just tough to pick them because they haven't even won the title uh, with this group. They've never – they've never uh, uh, they're, they're definitely not a dynasty. And I was looking today. I know we've kind of talked about um, in the past how the NBA really has no parity and it's always the same teams every year. There's actually been a new champion every year for the last five years. So uh, Toronto in 2019, the Lakers in 2020, the Bucks 2021, the Warriors in 2022, and the Nuggets in 2023. So there has been, since the Warriors dynasty kind of came to a, a close, there has been uh, a lot of different teams that got their chance. So maybe this is Boston's year. I'd love to see it be their year because uh, – you know, I guess they've never won a title with this group, so it'd be interesting to see. Of course, I think I'd be rooting for the Thunder or even maybe the Timberwolves, just because they're kind of a really Cinderella story. Um, I think they'd be they'd be cool, but yeah. What are your thoughts here on these rankings? I mean, Boston obviously number one. I mean, they are dominant offensively, defensively. They are really, really good. I mean, they're not as good as 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 the Timberwolves defensively. Um, yeah, but, but close. they are very close, and and I think that's helping them, uh, man. But y- you're you're spot on with their playoff luck over oh, over the last five years. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, uh, last year choking to the Heat. Um, they did make the finals in 2022. Yeah, right, right, and then and they lost to. Um... It was either the Heat again or, or Milwaukee. I, I think it was uh, the Heat. Uh, again yeah. the heat the heat um yeah they just I, I i can tell you right now that boston i don't care how good boston is they do not want to play miami miami just is is like that team in the playoffs like do you have like any tell comparison where they just are always really good in the playoffs um i'm trying there, there's not a what their record is there there's not really a team that really is known for being decent in the play or in the regular season, and then just you know on fire in the playoffs, it it, it that never really happens. Usually, really yeah. good teams can make it all the way through the playoffs in the NHL. 
I mean, I would. Say, I, I guess. I guess yeah. the best comparison would be probably the Florida Panthers last year. They were mm-hmm. they were a, a wild card team that made it all the way to the Cup Finals, and they were a team that underperformed all regular season. Though that's where I don't know if it's a direct comparison because I I don't know yeah. if Miami's completely playing not yeah. as good as they should be. But yeah, so they haven't been that bad. But last year they made the. Um, they were in the NBA Finals, and they were the eighth seed in the in the conference. They uh, they almost didn't make the playoffs, and they, right. they went all the way to the finals. And and Flor- the the, like Florida, the Panthers were a a uh, no yeah no the, the Panthers were a one seed or not a one seed uh, an eight seed last year and made it all the way to the finals. So yeah, that's uh, I mean that's probably the best comparison, but you don't see that all too often in the NHL. Yeah, but. As for, like, uh, bad luck in the playoffs, you could make a comparison yeah. between the Celtics and Toronto, right? So. Yeah. I was going to say that, too, that they're, they're uh, the opposite of the, the Dodgers. Dodgers are all regular season and no playoffs. I mean, that's 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 Toronto and that's the Celtics right there. So, I mean, sure. the, you compare those three – or um, uh, Philadelphia for, for NFL this year. <laughs> even in basketball too for the 76ers yeah yeah they've fallen they apart still, they still haven't even uh made the conference finals and they've always been uh one of the top at least four teams in the conference and they still can't make a conference finals like that's bad man that's absolutely wild that they haven't even made it to the conference finals Maple man Leafs, celtics and dodgers yep the chokers of of uh they're, you know they're they're uh they're regular season merchants that's that's what we yep. ca- that's what we call that but but as for like just the heat being consistently in the playoffs never really achieving what they can in the regular season but being really good in the playoffs i can't find a good comparison uh for the nhl um like like I said, I mean, you, you have your you know uh, eventual you know eight seed or seven seed getting all the way up to the conference finals even, um, but outside of that, you don't really see it all too often because it's it seems like the wild card spots, especially in both conferences, you see them flip like you see completely two different two new different teams every single year, and at least in the wild card spots, so it's it's always interesting. Um, to see that, but I wouldn't be surprised right now if if uh, Tampa Bay kind of made that sort of a push that uh, that Miami makes in the playoffs um, yeah. in terms of the NHL because Tampa Bay is not playing the greatest, but it playoff hockey is completely different from you know regular season hockey, so that's why I'm mm-hmm. like it's it's definitely possible. So um, yeah, man, uh, it's definitely a different animal. Uh, and then, two uh, for this article here, I actually did look, and the Wizards are behind the Pistons. So, uh, Washington. We aren't bottom of the league. We aren't bottom of the league. Bottom. We are worse in defensive rating, though. We're giving up 120 points per game. Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. That's so fucking bad. So bad. But we're not last. No, we're not, we're not last anymore, so thank God. Um... So, yeah, that's going to wrap up NBA Power Rankings. So now we're on to the NHL. Um, and we'll start right here, the top ten. Uh, Edmonton. Where the Wings going to be? The Wings are actually on, on, this, so on this Power Rankings. They're 12th. 
They were 13th wow. last week, and now they're only on 12th. But they have, wow. uh, but they're currently on a uh, you know a six-game win streak that is under yeah. threat right now because they're down 2-1 to the Islanders right now. Uh, but there's still two minutes left in the second period, so there's still a bit of hockey to go here. But uh, so number 10 here. They were uh, – it's the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they were number seven last week. Um, yeah, they, they kind of had a they, – they had a really nice long winning streak going, and then uh, they, it got snapped, and then they've just kind of been like just above 500 uh, over the last week and a half now. So, I mean, not really that productive. That said, um, Connor McDavid has uh, – I, I think I saw a stat like – today or yesterday uh in his last six in the last six games he's had 22 assists which is just Jeez. mind-boggling how, how how you know many assists he's getting I mean that's over three assists a game on average which is mm-hmm. insane um but yeah no Edmonton they've kind of just been struggling over the last week week and a half but um you know they they kind of they they're kind of like Toronto they're like the Toronto of the West they have a really good regular season and then they fall apart in the playoffs but they do make it out of the first round unlike Toronto but yeah um, Toronto might be they're they're definitely going to be trying to buy um, this article is like a it's it's you know the power rankings but it's also you know who uh, possible uh, you know players that these teams should target, and they're saying that they should target try, try and target Jake Gensel from uh, from Pittsburgh. But I uh, Gensel's one of the youngest players on that Pittsburgh team. I don't think they're going to be trying to trade him, but you never know. Um, number nine here, they were number eleven last week. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They're on. They were on a seven game win streak until Tuesday night, where they lost Vegas. Um, they've been playing really, really good hockey. Uh, as of late, um, and, and what's crazy about it is because you know how I said Detroit is is on their six game win streak right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in in this win streak, Detroit is actually well between both these streaks, Detroit is actually caught Toronto. So, um, really, really uh, good hockey lately from especially Toronto. Uh, I mean, they lost to Vegas the other night. Uh, ending that seven-game win streak. But they're looking to bounce back tonight, and I think they will. Um, they need some help on defense for sure, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised next week that or we see we see them make a move uh, to get someone. I, I saw today uh, Arizona the Arizona Coyotes are looking to trade Matt Dumba, but they won't take anything less than a first-round pick for him. And he, he's not worth he, – now, if this was five years ago, yeah, Matt Dumbo is definitely worth a first-round pick, but this ain't 2019 anymore. So, um, yeah, you're not getting that from him. But, yeah, Toronto, they need to target defense. Uh, number eight, uh, they moved up one spot, is the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they, uh, they've they been really, really good lately. Um, just very consistent. Um when they lose, they lose very close games. Most of them have been actually in overtime as of late too. So, um, but for the most part, they just keep winning. Um, and they need some help offensively. Um, they have one of the worst offenses, uh, in the league. Uh, I believe they, they're like, uh, it, it doesn't have their, where they're at right now, but I think last time I looked, they were ninth in the Eastern conference, 
which I believe is somewhere around like like 17th or 16th in the entire league uh, in terms of offensive production. So if they want to make any sort of run in the playoffs, they need some high uh, high scoring firepower, and uh, their defense and goaltending is what's saving them right now and keeping them in games. And yeah. Uh, number seven here, they moved down two spots is the Colorado Avalanche. Um, goaltending has been a big issue really for them all season. Uh, they don't have a true, you know, backup goalie. Um, but outside of that, you know, their offense has been really good defense at times. They haven't been playing the greatest. Um, they're giving up a lot of high danger chances and, uh, high danger chances are basically shots that are uh, like directly right in front of the net with a, within about I think it's 15 feet or closer uh, to the net or to the crease. So uh, yeah, they're giving up a lot of those uh, as of late, especially. So, um, but they they desperately need goaltending, but they gotta get something sorted out scheme wise defensively to stop giving up all these high danger chances. Uh, staying at number six here is the Dallas Stars. Um, I there's there's nothing more I have to say than what I did last week. They are just really really good. Um, they uh, they did just get Chris Tanev, and we'll talk about that trade after I finish up these power rankings. Um, but it it seems like he's not going to make his Stars debut until sometime next week, which is interesting. And like I said, we'll get into that after I do the power rankings. Um, but uh, they they addressed a big need by getting a you know gritty defenseman like Chris Tanev. So um, and that's been their their biggest weak point is they they have good defensemen they just don't have that defensive defenseman that can really seal up zones get some good uh, penalty kill minutes uh, each night that they desperately need and uh, but yeah Stars offense really really good um, so yeah. Uh, Number five here, dropping one spot, is the Boston Bruins. Um, they are interesting, to uh, to say the least. Uh, they've they are. I think in their last ten, I think it was. Uh, I think they have a losing record in their last ten. They have just fallen apart defensively. Um, I believe it was like three, four, and three, something like that, uh, over their last ten games. I have to go back and look exactly. I saw that like an hour before we started recording this. Um, and I already forget what I saw, but, um, yeah, they've just, they, they need a, they need defensive defensemen. Um, they're probably going to look at Hannafin from Calgary. Please God, no, give a, please, please, Steve Eisenman do us a favor and get Noah Hannafin. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Boston, they're still really good offensively. Um, but they're nowhere near near as good as this team was last year. I mean, uh, last year obviously they had that that record breaking uh, season uh, in terms of wins and points. But um, yeah, no, I th- I think it, Boston they they need help defensively, especially because uh, you know goaltending they're getting everything they possibly can out of uh, out of Allmark. But man, they they. They're, they keep he keeps getting peppered with shots and that's why they're losing because they're just giving up so many shots every single night so Boston needs help defensively uh, they say uh, you know 
go after Hannafin. They, I mean, that that wouldn't be bad. But Hannafin's going to be a hot commodity come uh, come next week, I believe. Um, going up four spots from last week to number four. Here's the Winnipeg Jets. They were eighth last week. Um, they they need help defensively, but not in a desperate sort of way. They need some help on the blue line in the offensive zone, more particularly some better, not necessarily offensive uh, defensemen that they need, but they need kind of like a good two-way defenseman um, just to help, you know, in the offensive zone, but also be able to be responsible um, in the defensive zone as well. So, uh, but that said, they are getting back to winning ways. They, They went on a, not a necessarily losing streak, but a losing skid where they'd lose th- two or three games, then win a game, then lose another two or three, and then win a game. And uh, but now they're back to to winning a ton of uh, uh, games again. But yeah, they need defensive help. They also say they should try and target Noah Hannafin. Surprise, surprise. Uh, number three, moving down just one spot is the Vancouver Canucks. Um, it's They've been really good still. Um, there's some stuff going on. A lot of rumors saying that they're either going to trade uh, or, or they might trade uh, Elias Pettersson. I don't believe any of those rumors to be true. I mean, why would you give up your your best goal scorer on your – well, not your best goal scorer because right, right now Brock Besser leads uh, them in that stat. But one of your best goal scorers and – Definitely a, a top three point product or point producer on your team right before the playoffs. Eh, that would make no sense. Um, obviously, if they did trade him, it would be to an Eastern Conference team because they're not going to give any team uh, that's in their conference that sort of firepower. So, but no, I I think um, uh, Vancouver they just need uh, some help defensively, maybe try and find a, another goalie. But, I, I mean, honestly, if I'm Vancouver, I'm not going to really be doing a whole lot at the trade deadline because the team is just so solid top to bottom, all three, all four lines, all three defensive pairs. And goaltending, while it has been really good, you could probably upgrade your backup goalie spot. But, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't touch uh, what the Canucks are doing and what they have. Uh, moving up to... Number two here from uh, number three last week. They're on a 10-game win streak right now. It's the New York Rangers. Um, they're closing in to try on Florida to try and take the number one seed in the uh, yeah in the Eastern Conference. Really, really good uh, on on both ends of the ice. Um, they uh, they need to add some scoring depth still because they. They, you know, they're getting a lot of a lot of goals from their top line and a, a decent amount from their second line, but they just have no depth on that third and fourth line for scoring. Um, if they could get a guy like a like a Vetrano from uh, uh, from Anaheim to just add to that third line, get some you know production out of that line, finally, New York can uh, could definitely make a deep run. But the, and that's that's the thing about the the, the NHL playoffs is you have to have scoring depth to make a run. I mean, look at Vegas last year. They had a ton of scoring depth. They don't have as much of it this year, but that's what I'm saying. The Wings, they could probably make a good run because they have the most scoring depth in the entire league uh, with, I believe, now 13 guys with over 10 goals. 
uh, which still is the most uh, in the league, even if they had 12. Still, it's, yeah, still the most in the league. Uh, but, yeah, New York, they need some depth scoring. Outside of that, man, they are rock solid, especially on the defensive end. I mean, you have Adam Fox, and you have one of the best goalies in the, uh, in the league with uh, Shesterkin. So, uh, yeah. And then staying at number one is the Florida Panthers. Um, they, uh, they need some scoring depth as well. Um, I believe they only have like six guys with 10 or more goals, so they des- desperately need scoring depth. Um, Anthony Duclair is a guy that they could look at, and I, like I said, uh, Vetrano from uh, uh, Anaheim is also definitely someone they could look at trying to acquire. But Duclair used to play for the Panthers, so it would be a great fit to have him come back. Um, he's played with a lot of the guys that are on this core, so it would make a ton of sense to get him again. And he, again, would add some sort of scoring depth. Um, but the biggest problem is is they don't uh, they don't have any first or second round picks uh, in the 2024 draft. So that so trying to acquire uh, any sort of scoring depth is going to be a very, very, very big challenge. Uh, for Florida here, so, um, but yeah, they're playing really good hockey still, uh, not as good as the Rangers, obviously, with the 10-game winning streak, but, but the Panthers are very, very rock solid, um, and, uh, yeah, so that's gonna wrap it up for the NHL power rankings, so Mike, you got anything on this? No, I mean, pretty, pretty self-explanatory, I mean, yeah, the Rangers on fire recently. Florida's been good. Vancouver, um, a lot of good top teams, man, that uh, can go absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, especially, you know, it's still been very quiet for, you know, for a week out from the uh, the trade deadline uh, on all the trades. It's been very, very quiet uh, the last uh, week now, I guess. Um, you, you don't see it. Usually you start to see some movement, but we haven't seen really any movement up until uh, yesterday. And we'll get into this trade here. Uh, so uh, Calgary traded out, uh, obviously, Chris Tanev to Dallas. Um, and this was a three, uh, three-team three trade here because uh, Dallas is already so close to the cap that they needed someone else to uh, offload this money to. And Calgary was not willing to retain um, half of uh, Tanev's salary given the fact that they're giving up, you know, Chris Tanev, who's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league this year. Um, And also the fact that Dallas doesn't have a ton of draft capital to give away um, for Calgary to made made that worthy. So uh, New Jersey here, they got a fourth-round pick from Dallas for retaining 50% of uh, Tanev's um, uh, salary here. Um, and uh, so uh, – and then uh, – so Dallas got uh, Chris Tanev, of course, and they're only getting 50% of his salary. And they also got uh, Cole Brady, who I believe was a – uh, a devil's prospect, if I remember correctly. Um, but this, to me, um, sounds like New Jersey might be doing nothing at the trade deadline because they, they're already pretty close to the cap. 
And so they need to move some pieces around if they want to be cap compliant uh, by the deadline if they wanted to make a playoff push. But I don't, I don't, I think this is New Jersey saying they're folding their hand. They're not going to uh, try and, uh, and make a playoff push this year. But uh, for Calgary, they get, um, I hope I can pronounce his last name right, uh, Artem Grushnikov, um, a second-round pick from Dallas and a conditional t- uh, 2026 third-round pick. And the condition on that pick is that if Dallas makes the cup finals uh, this year, uh, Calgary will get that pick. If not, uh, Calgary will not get that uh, that third-round pick. So um, Dallas fans are kind of conflicted on how to feel about that. But, I mean, honestly, you're giving up a third-round pick. And third-round picks are valuable in the NHL draft. But would you rather have that third-round pick or, you know, win the cup? I think win the cup. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think all around this kind of worked out for everyone. Obviously, Calgary is, is has folded the cards. They're looking to sell off. Maybe not the entire team, uh, but sell off a lot of these older players. Obviously, Chris Tanev, he's 34. Um, Hannafin's been, you know, talked about that he's on the trade block. He's 27, so he's not really old. He's, like, right in his prime years, but... Um, Calgary, yeah, I think they're obviously giving up on this season. And I think New Jersey, th- th- just by taking uh, half the salary from Dallas, they are, um, yeah, they're, they're just, uh, they're kind of giving up on this season as well. I mean, they're so far back from both Tampa and Detroit as it is right now. Um, trying to make up all those games is, it's very, very tough in the NHL. Um, you, you basically would need to start winning a ton and hope that Detroit and Dallas, just, or not Dallas, Detroit and Tampa start just falling apart completely. Um, or Philadelphia too, because they're in the same conference as, uh, as Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, you got any thoughts on this, Mike? Um, no, not really. Um, I think that, yeah, this trade deadline is going to be, uh, Pretty crazy one, and hopefully the Red Wings can make some more moves as well and get involved too. Um, I think that there's a lot of teams that could benefit, a lot of teams selling off that are kind of out of it, and I think that uh, there's a lot of opportunity here to make a, a good playoff push. Yeah, it's going to be um, interesting trade down because there's not a whole lot of really you know top-level players. Um on the trading block this year from from many of these teams so um yeah it, it's it's going to be interesting um to see but i i think if i think the smarter gms are going to start making their moves either tomorrow or or over the weekend because um you know you're going to get you're going to see a lot of the big trades on on deadline day and i feel like Calgary is going to have a bidding war for over over Noah Hannafin, so they're going to get what they want from him. Um, but you never know; Steve Eiserman likes to likes to fleece teams, so uh, it'd be it'd be great it'd be great to uh, to see the Eiser plan, uh, you know, come out again and and steal Noah Hannafin for a bag of chips, basically. And that, I mean, that's how Steve Eiserman operates, man. He just gets players for 
absolutely nothing, and everyone's like, how does this man keep getting away with this robbery out here? I mean, Jesus, man. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap up your uh, your NHL stuff. So um, I'm going to look a little bit at the combine today. Uh, players actually started doing stuff uh, today. Um one of the big things I saw today was a big man running a 4.78 in the 40. Uh, defensive tackle Braden Fisky or Fisk ran a 4.78 in the uh, in the 40 yard dash. Uh, that's a big man. Um, I believe he's. Uh, let me let me see here. He's six four. 292 pounds, and he ran a uh, a a 4.78 in the um, uh, oh no that what was uh no that was a uh, Kool Aid McKinstry that ran the 4.78. It was uh, Fisk put up a oh no no it was no never mind I'm 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 reading this thing wrong. Fisk did put up that. Uh, that uh, 4.78. So, yeah, that is wild that a man that big, 6'4", 300 pounds, coming at mm-hmm. you that fast, man, that is wild uh, to think about. Uh, hey, Lions, maybe uh, maybe think about drafting him mm-hmm. at number 29. Um, help help, hey, help uh, Hutchinson out, man. Fuck, we need, we need something mm-hmm. there. We really need something there. But one thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, – Something I don't understand, and I'm a big fan of this kid, but I don't think he should have entered the draft this year. I think he needed to play at least one more year, and that's JJ McCarthy. Um, his draft stock, know, his his his, yeah. his draft stock is rising and it's rising fast. I mean, I saw, uh, I, I I saw um, I saw him. I forget who, but it was one of the NFL insiders. Uh, he had the, he had him at eight going to Atlanta. Um, yeah. You know, every draft always has that one player that, like, just out of nowhere starts getting a bunch of hype, and then either they turn out actually really, really good, or they end up being a failure, and most of the time they do end up being a failure, and I I feel like J.J. McCarthy's become that player, where, like, he's not in that, you know, top tier of quarterbacks with, you know, Drake May, Jane Daniels, and, uh, um... Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. obviously, he's 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 nowhere near those guys. But look, JJ's really really good. I think he just needs a little bit more time. I mean, he he didn't really get a lot of chances to throw the ball, you know, this year. I mean, he threw one some of the least amount of passes in Division One football this year. And I get it, a lot of that scheme, you know, Harbaugh scheme, but. We don't have a lot of data points on J.J. McCarthy like we do Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels and Drake May, right? My 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 question is is that like, what do you think is like driving behind this? Because I don't see a hundred percent. I mean, the kid's got a cannon of an arm and he can run like a motherfucker, but he he gets in over his head sometimes. I feel like, and I feel like that can cost him a ton uh, in the NFL, like. A Zach Wilson, for example. I mean, he he didn't we he didn't have a lot of you know data points. He looked really good at the combine, and then you know he got in over his head in, uh, once he got to the NFL level and just well you know 
the rest is history from there. He's a total fucking meme now. Uh, but I, what do you think is like this driving factor on why J.J. McCarthy's stock is rising so fast and even before the combine started it was rising? I don't even know, to be honest with you. I mean, there's just always those people. There's always guys that just suddenly drop and guys that suddenly rise. Uh, who knows, maybe maybe uh, they're just speculating and he doesn't end up going as high and he's a late first-round pick or even second round. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, maybe they're just something that they're liking about him. Uh, there was some offensive tackle who I saw went from 18th in a mock draft to number five in the draft. Like, how do you jump uh, to a top five pick? Um, he was offensive tackle from Bama, I think that they were projecting to go to the Chargers. Uh, it's just tough, man. Uh, again, probably even as we get closer to the draft, he's going to bounce around even more. Um, yeah, it's... Most of the, yeah. It's, most of the times the combine numbers, you know... Yeah. Help you out. And and, and that's, that's my problem, is I think people too, put too much into the combine because... The combine, you know, it's no pads. There's no actual pressure on you um, in, in any of these drills. A lot of these drills are kind of old and outdated and kind of pointless now, um, too. But the, I just the way I, I see it, like people would just put way too much stock in the combine, and and I, I honestly think it's stupid at this point. I mean, especially the interview stuff. It's like you have you have thousands of hours of film on these players. But you still want to do an interview with them. It's just like if you if just look at the film. If you like the guy, you like the guy. If you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy. You know. And I guess I will say with interview, you like I guess maybe if you don't like their character, like they're I guess maybe if they're like you know not showing like they're they're caring and or or they don't really give a shit, maybe that can sway you away from picking someone. I don't really see how the interview helps, really. No, I, I don't really either because I mean like. I mean, the NFL doesn't care about your character anymore. I mean, this isn't 1950 anymore. The, you know, char- character's gone out the window. I mean, you got you got guys who've, who've killed people in the league. I mean, <laughs> or, 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 you know, beat up girlfriends or beat up their wives. I mean, you know, and, and we could go we could go down the rabbit hole of this, you know, make, make fun of, you know, Ray Rice getting, what, two games, but, you know, J-Mo betting on college basketball got six, you know, things like that. But, um yeah, it's it's just I I don't know if if I can really trust JJ uh, to be a starter in the NFL just yet. I mean, he, it's possible because, like I said, he's got a cannon for an arm, and he can move like no other. But I just I don't know, man. It so, something just you know tell tells me he's not gonna make it in the NFL. Um, unless he had that extra year of development. I, I really do. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, but as high as eight, man, I, mm, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a ton of really good players. Um, that Atl- Atlanta needs a quarterback. And, I mean, but are you really going to risk, you know, that for J.J. McCarthy? I mean, look at Desmond Ritter, for example, when they took him. I mean, he was supposed to be really good and – you know, fell apart because he had a really, really good combine. And then, well, we know how bad Desmond Shitter is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd take Bo Nix over uh, JJ right now, to be honest, at that eight spot. Yeah, I, I, 
I get the appeal also because like Bo Nix, he's he's old, right? I mean, he's he has like mm-hmm. I think like seven years at college or eight years, some something like that. And and that's why Panix's uh, stock is so low is because he's so old. Um, and and I think that might be some of the appeal for JJ is that he's still young. Uh, I think he's uh, 22, 23 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look real quick, actually. Um, he's, uh, no, he's only 21 years old. He just actually turned 21. So, I mean, that, I mean, his youth is definitely part of why, you know, he, his stock might be so high is because he could even get the Jordan Love treatment, uh, if he goes to, if he goes somewhere deeper in the, uh, in the first round, uh, where he can develop behind someone and he could turn into a really good quarterback. You never know, but I just, if I was JJ, I would have stayed at least another year, man. Cause, uh, yeah, just, um, I, I don't, I don't see the hype. I mean, he's a really good quarterback, especially in college, but I just, I just don't think he has the NFL talent just yet. But, um, but yeah, that, that's really all I wanted to talk about. Um, kind of go over more of the, the the combine on Tuesday's episode um obviously if any trades happen the uh NHL will talk about it um for sure and then but yeah uh rate review subscribe help us out let us know what you want to see from us of course uh check out our YouTube page again uh the Mike and Andrew show uh spread the word on our podcast guys uh, we're, we're really trying to grow here and um Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.